I know a lot about golf. It's time for those weekend golf guys. Well, we're waiting. On SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Here's John Ashton and Jeff Smith. Absolutely correct. As we go through and make sure that we fact check everything in this week's episode. Yes, indeed, it is us. Those weekend golf guys. I am John Ashton in studio. He is Jeff Smith at uh, Timbergate, I would imagine. The golf cave at Timbergate Golf Course in Edinburgh, Indiana. And that is where I am today. And we are here for the you know next where I'm, hour. You know where I'm not today that I wish I was? No, where? Royal Port Rush. Oh, that's right. Yeah. It is the... I know. Sorry. British Open. You know. Yeah. No, well, no, I'm sorry. Yep. The, the open. open. The Open. Right. Yeah, I know. The stinking Americans are always calling it the British <laughs> Open. Yeah, like like ours is anything that can compete with theirs. <laughs> yeah, but they just call it the Open because why else? What else would we be calling it? Uh, exactly. Right? I mean, first and foremost, there is us, the British, mm-hmm. with the sun never but, setting and all that poppycock. But yeah, have you seen the the size of the bunkers at this place? <laughs> no, it's kinda, unreal. Kind of large, are they? Yeah. I think, you know, you could park some cars in there, you know, three or four of them. (laughs) (laughs) Drive a boat in, something like, you know. That's not filling us with confidence out there. So avoid the bunkers. Uh, One of the other things, we're going to talk about that a little bit coming up. We're also going to talk about another thing that's somewhat related to that is there's some research that shows that of the 720 new golf courses that have been built in the past 10 years, even though everybody is saying how the industry is dying, the ones that have been the most successful out of those 720 are basically Lynx-style courses built on sand so that they are hard and or fast. Well, yeah, I can understand why. Okay. Um, well, we can first, yeah. the all-natural thing is uh, significantly less maintenance cost. Huh, that's true. Thus driving down the cost of operating a golf course. Oh, okay. So that's that one thing that rears its head, and we can talk about many other things too. And and also something that we have preached for nigh on to seven years now is that the operative consideration among people who play a lot of golf and consider themselves to be very serious golfers, you know what that number one consideration is? Fun. Not score, not equipment, not scenery. Fun. Just like us. We're going to talk about it all when we come right back. We are all those weekend golf guys. Hang with us. If you are anything like me, and for your sake, let's hope not, but when it comes to finances, you get easily confused. Whether you're saving for retirement or for the kids' college fund or for, you know, a, a couple of bucket list trips over to play golf in Scotland or whatever, it gets really confusing when you look around and find all the various and sundry ways and people who can help you get to where you want to be. What you need is someone you can trust to help you figure out how to juggle all your various financial goals and decisions while making sure that you still keep it enough to meet your needs now and in the future. Halpern Financial is who I found, and I highly recommend them to you. Halpern Financial is a fiduciary, which means you can trust your best interests come first. Find out how close you are right now to achieving those financial goals, whatever they are, and you can do it for free. Just go to halpernfinancial.com slash weekend. halpernfinancial.com slash 
weekend. There's a calculator there you can use to figure out where you are vis-a-vis where you want to be. We are those weekend golf guys. I am John Ashton. He is Jeff Smith. He is at the Golf Cave at the Chippergate Golf Course in Edinburgh, Indiana. I am in the studio. And we're talking golf for the next hour or so right here. And I appreciate you hanging out with us. Coming up a little later on the show, a guy who's got uh, a new uh, a new deal going on the web where if you are a member of a private club, you can join up and play it uh, re- with reciprocal you know, a lot of private clubs already have existing reciprocal relationships with other clubs. But, yeah, they but do. This, Many do. This basically gives you a reciprocal relationship with uh, about 2,000 other clubs. Not a bad deal. Not too shabby. That's coming up a little later in the show. One of the things, man, that I alluded to in the uh, in the introduction here, one of the things that I read today, it was from uh, the golf the golf numbers people, the guys, the organization that does all of the statistical research for the golf industry. You mean the National Golf Foundation people? That was it, yeah, NGF. That's the one? Yeah, it's yeah. the one. And they were saying that according to their latest research, the um, what they call dedicated golfers, yeah, the average score for a dedicated golfer was basically bogey golf. Now, does does, yeah. does that translate to an eighteen handicap? I, I know pretty that, close. Okay, because I know the there's a difference the 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 handicap index and what your score is don't always be exactly the same, but it's it's around there somewhere, right? right? Yeah, yeah, they're pretty close. And they asked these guys what matters most to them, guys and girls. It was anybody who played basically once a week or more. And their answer was the most important element of the game of golf was fun. Oh, come on. Nope. Fun. Liars. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Even though you do get bogeys on almost every hole, even though you do probably lose a sleeve around. It's still fun. I'm not buying it. Okay. Why? I'm not buying it. What do you think? I honestly, people like to have fun, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But what I hear the most on the lesson tee is they want me to take away their pain. Right? So that goes toward fun. Yeah. But you know, they always want, they want to get rid of the slice. Now, you could make the argument that I do make people have more fun because I get rid of the slice. Yeah, that's true. All right, so you can make that argument that the end result is happiness. That's what I'm in, the happiness business. But I I take issue with the fact that people actually said it. Okay. I'm not taking issue with the fact that, fact that it's actually true. I take issue with the fact they had a poll and people actually said more fun. Okay. Because I'm not buying that. What I'm buying is if they said they want more distance, I could I could get that because they actually say those things more often. Right. Right. They say they don't want to slice it and they say they want to hit it straighter and they say they want to hit it farther. What they end up being is more fun at the end because they're hitting it straighter, because they're hitting it farther. I get it. I understand. That's the ultimate reason we do anything in our recreation. Yeah. To have more fun. No doubt. I, I understand that completely. I just don't think they said that in the in the in in response to a uh, a survey. Well, that 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 may be true. Maybe we should do one of our own at Facebook.com/slash/GolfGuys. That's you, a great idea. Why do you play golf? See, right? mm-hmm. that's why they pay you the no bucks. I mean, I know, I'm I, sorry, the big yeah. big whatever. Because I come yeah. up with an idea now and again. 
Um, yeah, let's do that. Let's do that this afternoon. We'll put something out there yeah. and we'll say, all right, let's do a Facebook poll. Right. We will do it. Facebook.com slash golf guys. Yeah. And just stick out a whole bunch of reasons. Yeah. What people say and then put, make sure you give an other Definitely. when we do it. So that everybody can say, yeah, other, yeah. let them put in whatever the heck they want. Whether it's, Hey, I want to play, I want to play golf with a, a hot new good looking golf partner. Maybe yeah. that's their thing. Ah, I'm sorry. I'm busy that day. Uh, let me see. <laughs> one, one of the things that I'm, I, I'm going to, I don't, I'm okay. I'm going to disagree with you because okay of, of these, of these types of golfers, the dedicated golfers who score bogey golf at best. I know a bunch of them, you know, I used to be one up until about two years ago when I converted to the you know yeah when you started to actually listen to me and do a, what I'm suggesting to, to the Jeff Smith school yes indeed um, and I and to this day I still play with a bunch of these guys you know the the I've never taken a lesson in my life and I don't plan to guys yeah I don't understand mm-hmm. those people and, uh, well they're the majority though aren't they Jeff yeah they are I mean as as they're good the as you are majority right yeah as good as you are at, at teaching and as great as the results can be as quickly as they can be a very small percent well. I'd say probably less than 25% of golfers actually take lessons. I agree. Everybody says, everybody says that. And the truth is, is that's, that's the same thing I see at every club. I see it at the Sagamore. There's a lot of people playing golf there. Yeah. And if, if I was teaching, um, 50% of them, then I would be, I couldn't possibly, I couldn't clone myself enough time. Yeah. Well, case in point, my brother-in-law, is one of those guys, all right? He mm-hmm. uh, never taken a lesson. Is proud of it. Plays all the time. I mean, as long as I'm arranging, you know, free tea times for him, he's playing two, three times a week. You know, <laughs> <laughs> he's one of those guys that'll just text me in the morning and say, "Where are we playing today?" <laughs> uh, but we're playing on Sunday, and. We're on a, a, a par five, and he hit a really nice drive, uh, and he's chucking it up to this new driver he bought, okay? And um, he's getting positive feedback from that because other people who think they know what they're talking about go, oh, yeah, it's got a low kick point, so nice smooth swing, and you're going to get more distance. And, and my brother goes, yeah, that's, that's, that's right. Uh, but anyhow, he had a nice drive, and then he took the, the, the tailor-made three-wood that I gave him when I got a new three-wood, and actually hit it long and straight and put the ball about eight feet from the pin on a par five and made the uh, the eagle putt. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then he did the math. You know, he thinks he was, he was having fun. He was real great. He hit an eagle. Yay. Good job for me. And then did the math. And he said, you know, that three wood is the best three wood I ever hit in my life. It still is only 192 yards. He counted backwards. <laughs> And it, you know, and it kind of, in I'm his, surprised he did the math. Yeah, and well, admitted to it. Yeah, and in his mind, it kind of, you know, negated the happiness he got from the eagle. I said, "There's an eagle, man. Don't worry about it. If you want to hit a three yeah. wood farther, go take a lesson, or two, or twelve. You know, but he yeah. still, but he still has fun, even though you know that he's going to shoot a a ninety minimum. You know, so." I know a lot of those guys. Maybe he's starting to define fun by the he can play more golf because he's hitting more shots. 
Well, so maybe he's deciding that more is better. I think that's a, a natural transition, right? When you start when you start hitting it better for one reason or another, um, it kind of kind of feeds upon itself. You you hit it better, and you're not sure why, but maybe it's this new club. Uh, you're hitting it farther. You're hitting it in the middle of the fairway. You're not doing the left and right army golf thing off the tee anymore. So you think, well, maybe there's another club that will do the same thing with my five iron, or you know, and then you'll find out there isn't, and you go take a lesson because finally it becomes yeah. important to you to be able to hit it better. Yeah, I think that's about right. At some point, everybody makes the decision to say, okay, enough of this. Let's hit it better. Yeah, better. Yeah, at some point. Instead yep. of just more often, more <laughs> hitting it more times. Yeah. <laughs> I got to hit this five iron twice on this hole. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> A lot of us used to say, man, if I'm paying 50 bucks to play, I'm going to take as many strokes as I can. I want my money's worth. Well, yeah, that's right. That's what a lot of people are saying. Hey, look, I got it. I got it. I got it. Yeah. I'm getting my money's worth. I'm going to get my cost per stroke average down <laughs> yeah. as much as I can. Exactly. Right? Yeah. I'm absolutely maximizing my my percentage here. Facebook.com slash golf guys. Why do you play golf? Is it because it's fun or is there other reasons? Uh, I got a little survey working. We uh, really appreciate you uh, participating in it with us so we can find out. Uh, Facebook.com slash golf guys. Hang out. We'll be right back. If you're in sales, you know that people buy things from people they know, they like, and they trust. It can take forever to build that kind of a relationship unless you use golf. Business golf is the quickest way to build trust with your clients and potential customers. TheBusinessGolfCourse.com. Go there now and check it out. Have you ever shopped around for a financial advisor? I've been doing that. And when I was looking for a financial advisor, I noticed that all of their websites kind of say the same thing. Fiduciary, fee only. So uh, I got confused, and I'm sure if you've been shopping, you're confused too. So let me introduce you to Halpern Financial. It is who I found and who I highly recommend for you. Imagine you had someone you could trust to help you figure out how you can juggle all your various financial goals and decisions. You know, you got to make sure that you're meeting your needs for the future, but you got enough for now too, you know? Halpern Financial is a fiduciary, which means you can trust your best interests come first with them. And you can coordinate your entire financial life. Halpern offers portfolio management and objective financial consulting, which helps you navigate the path to wealth in a very cost-efficient and tax-efficient way. Yes, tax-efficient, that is it. They're fee-only. The only compensation Halpern Financial receives comes from client fees. They don't make commissions off selling you products that may or may not help you. All right. That is the big thing. And they also have bulk pricing because of institutional access. They are independent. They are not associated with any bank or broker or insurance company. So they have freedom to select any investment vehicle that they think will best fit you. That's what you need. A fiduciary fee-only independent advisor that offers a combination of online tools and personal connection to help all of their clients, especially you, systematically achieve your goals. But you know, the best part about this whole thing is the transparency. You wouldn't hire any other professional without understanding what it is that you're going to get in exchange for the cost. Why should financial advice be any different? It isn't. Halpern Financial. Find out how close you are to achieving your financial goals at this point in time 
at halpernfinancial.com slash weekend. There's a calculator there that'll help you figure out where you are as opposed to where you want to be. halpernfinancial.com slash weekend. Of course, we have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash golfguys. We would love it if you were to go there and like us. We'd love it even more if you'd go there and follow us, facebook.com slash golfguys. And we are back those weekend golf guys. I'm John Ashton. He is Jeff Smith. Got uh, John Wyeth coming up in a few moments. He is the uh, CEO of openrounds.com, which is a great little uh, website where if you are already a member of a private club, you get basically reciprocal playing rights. At many clubs, you probably never even knew existed. Great if you're up in the Northeast and it gets to be wintertime when you want to go to Florida. Well, you've got reciprocal rights at some clubs down there that you may not have known about had you not yeah, gone that's a good to idea. Open Rounds. It really is. Yeah. So uh, that that's it. You know, one of the things we were talking about, um, research that they've done around the golf industry for the past uh, 10 years, 720 new courses have opened. What? Yeah. 720? 720 new courses. That's terrific. And the ones that have enjoyed the um, the most success, both uh, hype-wise and player-wise and industry recognition-wise, are the ones that feature basically hard and fast fairways, mm. kind of link-style golf, the stuff that like Brandon Dunes, um, yeah. Stream Song down in yeah, Florida. Yeah, right. That's Those, a pretty cool place, by the way. I've not been to Brandon Dunes. Right. But I have been to Stream Song. I know. And you, and that's pretty cool, let me tell you. He didn't invite me to go with him, but he did bring me home a logo ball. Yay, buddy. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what you've got to do now? Is it a shadow box? I think I've got it figured out. Uh, yeah, get yourself one of those shadow boxes, and every time I go someplace really cool, <laughs> I'll bring home a logo ball for you. Thanks. That's what'll happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I am more than happy to do that for you. <laughs> what a guy. <laughs> what a guy. You know, look, think of it this way. I could bring you pencils. You could. With yeah. erasers, please. But I'm actually willing to spring <laughs> some money yeah. for a logo ball. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Now, let, let me see if, if, if you would agree the reason why these, these clubs or, or these courses now are uh, being held in such high regard is because most of us, when we play on a regular course for one reason or another, don't get a whole lot of rollout. We hit a shot, it hits the ground, it bounces maybe once or twice, and that's basically where we go. Yeah, hitting pop-ups in the springtime is really hard on you, isn't it? Oh, it is. Yeah. You know, the most frustrating thing in golf is hitting a great shot, watching it hit the middle of the fairway on a relatively cold and wet day and then getting yeah. getting to where you think you hit the ball and not being able to find it. Losing yeah. a ball in the middle of the fairway is the most aggravating aspect to golf, I think. Yeah, I agree. Nobody has any fun at that point. No, and then when they get plugged and all that kind of stuff. But if, if you make it hard and it does roll out, are, are there any tricks to that? I mean, you because do you have any control of where it rolls? Is that an element of how you hit the ball to begin with? Or is it an element totally of how it reacts to the ground once it hits the ground based on what the ground is like? A lot of times, you, you your trajectory matters a lot because it can be wet and you could hit that low skipper and you'll get some run out, right? Yeah. If you hit one that's kind of low and penetrating, it comes in shallow and 
skips a few times, but boy, John, that little pitching wedge that you have that sometimes it looks like a driver when you pull it out of your bag and flies like a pitching wedge sometimes, you know, that one, I don't care how hard the ground is. (laughs) That's not rolling out a lot. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I'm just saying. Why didn't you talk me out of buying a 56 degree driver? (laughs) Come on. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the coolest thing ever. (laughs) I can hit this thing to the moon. Speaking of which, I forget the name of that catalog that that I used to get back in the in the eighties, like Brookstone or something like that. It was, or? A, it was a golf catalog. Oh, it was a golf catalog. Golf catalog. But they had a set of all woods. Oh, Browning. Was that it? Yeah, I knew a guy that had a whole set of Browning, and everything was a wood head. Yeah. Yeah, everything, everything, all the way down to the all the way down to the sand wedge. It yeah. was all this big clunky head thing on it. It just had a bunch of different lofts. Yeah, but yeah, I'll tell you what, <laughs> that was like beginner club heaven right there. <laughs> well, that's true. That's it true. It was so hard to stick those things into the ground. The meat, the sole plate was as big as a mallet putter. <laughs> right? All you had to have was middle to left of middle ball position, and you could not mess this up. Yeah. Yeah, And honestly, I sat there and thought to myself for one time, why wouldn't I just say to all the beginners, let's take a set of those kind of clubs, kind of like the alien wedge, right? Okay. And, um, you know, why not take a whole set of those kind of golf clubs and go put that training grip on there and say, let's go make this the easiest game ever for you to learn how to do and just send people out with that set of clubs, Yeah, training grips and all. Have you ever had anybody who was easily transformed from using a training grip to using a non-training grip without having any severe <laughs> traumatic uh, adaptation <laughs> situations. Well, to be honest with you, I I have seen a lot of my students that I that I have them work with a training grip on their club for a little while, and and then I just have them switch to another one okay. to just go with. Look, I got this club in my hand, and then I got another club right next to it that doesn't have that, and then they don't have any trouble. They realize where they got to put their hands. They just mirror it, right? right. Okay, it feels okay. like this with the training grip, and it feels like this with the regular round grip, and it's all okay. Gotcha. So really, I don't have too much trauma that way. And my students don't have too much trauma. Okay. Interesting that you bring that word to the game of golf. I think that you must experience a lot of that as a young golfer. <laughs> trauma? <laughs> oh, yeah. Or even as a 60-year-old golfer. <laughs> as a young golfer, as an old golfer, as an in-between golfer, yeah, it's been traumatic experiences left and right for me. Oy, the stories I could tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. And in fact, that's what we do here, isn't it? So. That's a, what tell stories? Tell or? stories. Yeah, we're stories just, about John's trauma on the golf course. Yeah, I mean, uh, traumatic experiences abound, man. It's great, you know. And losing <laughs> golf balls in the middle of the fairway is only one of them. Yeah. <laughs> only one of them. I had one time I was watching uh, my daughter Caroline play in a tournament, and it was down in uh, South Carolina at the Clemson Golf Course, and it was in the the spring, it was cold, wet, and uh, it was actually beginning to snow. All the people in South Carolina, of course, were doing the appropriate amount of southern freaking out um, exactly. because there was a little spitting snow. And it was, you know, it was a February tournament, and they didn't know what to do. You got in the basement. And, the world is ending. Right. It was quite wet. Mm-hmm. And uh, I watched Caroline tee off in the very first hole on the Walker course. By the way, uh, hello to uh, to. Brent Jessup, the golf professional at the Walker Course at Clemson University. He is a great guy, and he has a fabulous golf course to to be the director of golf at. 
But anyway, I, I digress. Um, <laughs> We're looking for a free tea and, time, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Sort continue. of. Continue. Right? <laughs> sort of. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, Caroline busts this one right up the middle in this tournament, and it plugs right in the middle of the first fairway. So we get down there. You know, we do the five minutes worth of trying to find her golf ball. Everybody saw it, and it was absolutely right up the pipeline, right up the middle. And it was under the ground and no one could find it. So she had to trudge back to the tee. And so she only took a driver, a tee and a golf ball and she didn't take two balls. So the, the coach that was watching says, says to me, he goes, she's pretty confident, right? I hope she doesn't hit it exactly like she hit it the last one. He goes, yeah, I know because we're not going to see it. I'm like, I'm going to stay down right here in this where she normally flies at like 230. I'm going to fly right in here and going to, going to hear it. And I'll be danged if she doesn't hit one just about the same way. And we heard the splat and it took us by the time she got to the ball from down there, we had finally found that one because it too went under the surface of the ground. But we found that one because we actually heard it and we were milling around that area. Because you just were in the neighborhood when it came in so you could hear it land. So you still had a point of reference. Let me ask you a question. Different subject a little bit. We got some time left, however. Had a situation uh, last Sunday. Was at at a par three. There was a downhill par three from the tee to the green, and it was about a hundred and twenty-two yards. But I I was between clubs, you know, not quite the gap wedge. I mean, it was too far for the gap wedge, but the the pitching wedge might have gone a little too far. Okay, We're taking mm. into consideration yep. slope. So I I used the pitching wedge. I just took a smooth. I don't want to say slow, but it it probably was noticeably slower than the normal swing I take. Uh, Right. And, man, that ball went high. It went straight right at the flag, landed about Mm -hmm. eight eight feet short of the pin. I, I got the birdie putt. Got any tips on how I can make myself do that all the time? (laughs) <laughs> well, here's what, what effectively just happened. You just made a golf swing, and, and you know this is common, right? You hear this story being told a lot, the more golf conversations you get in, where somebody will say, I hit this thing. I tr-. And that's why people say, oh, you got to slow it down, mm-hmm. right? You hear all that nonsense? Yeah. What you did was you timed everything well. You got into a rhythm that worked, but it was really the timing. Okay. Between the body turning forward, right, the arms swinging down and the wrists uncocking, it all just lined up beautifully at the back of the golf ball, and you hit it in the middle of the club face at the same time. Mm-hmm. And then you hit it flush. Probably barely felt like you hit it at all. Oh, I didn't. It was just smooth as butter. It's beautiful. Uh-huh. Beautiful. And you look at it, and you're like, man, that was great. Can somebody teach me how to do that? And the truth is, I hate to say this because I, I always bring this up, Mr. Iverson, uh-huh. is that that some, is something that is trainable. Yep. And, and many of the great players in the world actually train it. Mm. They actually mm. go practice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Okay. I know. We got you on that. You get, so, you know. So, so then your you answer. Practice with. Is there any way I can do that all the time? Your answer to me is no, not really. <laughs> well. <laughs> Not all the time, cause, <laughs> but I can get you to do it more frequently if I can get you off your Mr. Iverson stance. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> I understand. Right?
right, man. Listen, we're going to come right back in a few minutes. We're going to talk to John Wyeth about his uh, his reciprocal agreement with many, many private clubs you may not even know about. When we come right back, you come right back, too. We all those weekend golf guys. There's a system you could buy. You put a little thing at the end of the grip on your golf club, and you swing the club, and you hit the ball, and by GPS, it, it actually keeps track of how far each and every club in your bag hits the ball. And if you don't know those numbers, you really don't have a golf game. Let me introduce you to NetSuite by Oracle, because in business, it's the same as golf. If you don't know your numbers, you don't have a business. And NetSuite by Oracle is the business management software that handles every aspect of your business in a very easy-to-use cloud platform. Gives you the visibility and the control that you need. And that is why NetSuite is the world's number one cloud business system. And right now, NetSuite's offering you some valuable insights with a free guide. It's called Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits. You can get it at netsuite.com slash weekend. Hey, who's looking out for you and your business, huh? That's netsuite.com slash weekend to download your free guide, Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits. netsuite.com slash weekend. And thanks for everybody coming back. We are those Weekend Golf Guys. I'm John Ashton in studio. He is Jeff Smith at the Golf Cave up at the Timbergate Golf Course in Edinburgh, Indiana. And John Wyeth from somewhere in the state of Massachusetts. Undisclosed location. Indeed. Yeah. John, how are you, sir? <laughs> I'm great. Thank you. Yeah. Coming from Cambridge, Massachusetts, right next to Boston. Right across the Childs River. Exactly. Exactly. See? But I went to the same mm-hmm. high school in Boston that the uh, the rock group, the Standells, went to. So, you know, that, that song, you are nowhere near old enough to remember it. But that, I love that dirty water. Oh, Boston, you're oh, my of course. home. So, uh, Boston, yeah. you're my home. That's yeah, it. of course. So, uh, yeah, I grew up there, man. Or as I, I should cool. say, I, about? I, I grew up there. Yeah, I lived in Bra- uh, in Brighton for a while and then moved out to West Roxbury. Perfect, so. perfect. I've lived in both those areas. Very cool. Yeah. Well, yeah, great area to live in. And I mean, hu- huge golf mecca too, because, yeah. you know, if you think about, you know, it's like 250 golf courses in uh, Massachusetts, which, you know, when you look at per capita, it's pretty incredible, yeah, it's... Uh, especially being in the north, you know. Now I understand, though, why that you came up with the um, the open rounds concept which we'll explain in greater detail soon, but it's a way for you to be able to play golf outside of Massachusetts between the months of, oh, let's say October and May. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what we're focused on. So, and it can be, it can be in season too. So what guys do is we work with clubs and members are able to use our platform to get accommodations at other private courses. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I discovered this basically by falling into it. I've always played public golf and, played with a friend one day and all of a sudden he said, you know, this is reciprocal golf, which is a new concept to me. But when we started to look at it from a business perspective, like I'm a business guy in golf as opposed to a, a golf guy in business, I would say we looked at it and it was like, yeah, you know, I mean, there's a big opportunity here to put people on private courses because they have like 20% key time utilization, which is insane. You know, the members want more benefits. Members don't even know about this type of program because the golf professionals can't really promote it. And there's a bunch of reasons for that, but really what we understood is there's an issue here that can be resolved. And that, that issue is better experiences for members traveling when they go play golf, you know? So basic concept, Jeff, just, you know, you're, you're a member at the, yeah. Why can I never remember the name of the club in Indiana you work at, man? Well, the Sagamore? Yeah. You're, you're a member of the Sagamore yeah. and, and you say, hmm, I'm going to Hilton Head 
And I don't want to rub shoulders with the riffraff at Hilton Head. I want to play at a private club down there because I'm a private club member up here and there's much more opportunity to play. I don't have to wait until the 6.15 a.m. tea time. That's basically what you do. So you sign up at your website and you can start doing that stuff, not just Hilton Head, but I mean anywhere in the country, as long as the club is a member on your site or is available through your site. Is that correct? Exactly right. Yeah. 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 And we have a great presence in Indiana. We've I'm not sure if Jeff knows Mike Davis out there, the you know the executive director of PGA. I do, uh, I do. Mike David is a is oh. a great guy, a uh, friend of mine. Mm-hmm. I've I've known him for uh, I don't know the 20 years that I've been in Indiana, and because uh, I've been the director of golf at a private club and uh, teacher, and uh, I've I've known Mike quite some time. Served on the Indiana board. And Mike is a a big proponent of things like this. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I'm sure. This name is the best name in golf, but Tony Panagake, I'm sure you know him at yeah. uh, Cricket, Cricket Stick there. Uh, Cricket Stick, yeah. Yeah, Tony's a good friend. He is, it's, uh, you're right. He's one, of, one of the best names in golf, that's for sure, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> uh, but they, they, uh, they're, they're advocates of this for a good reason because there are people, like what John said, that they want to go play at places that just that, that, that's a little bit different environment. Uh, they, they want to connect with people who are members of a private club like themselves mm-hmm. and, um, they want to mingle and go to some other nice places when they're gone. Yeah. And they're yeah. away from home. It's a great thing. Yeah. yeah and I can't believe Tony. Yeah, I appreciate that. Tony, yeah. Tony Pancake used to be the, uh, the head pro down here at Valhalla in Louisville too. Uh, he did. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. He was like a, he, I think he was 22 years old when he got that job. Something, yeah. something very remarkable, really. Yeah. So Tony's one of our, he's involved with the company. He's an advisor to the company. Right. That's kind of right. why I mentioned his name, but he's just been an awesome advocate and, yeah, I mean, just great guy, and uh, he definitely laughs a lot too, for sure. So I live a, a stone's throw from um, a very nice private club here in, in suburban Louisville. It is empty most of the time. When I drive right, by right. with this longing look in my eye, but you know, boy, I wish I could get into a scramble on that course because I really want to play it. There's nobody there. You know, you you, you exactly. might you might yeah. see a foursome on the first tee. You might see another foursome over on the eleventh or something, but. It's mostly open. I, this has got to be great for private clubs because of the u- utilization factor. They've got so much time open, don't they? Absolutely. Yeah, you're exactly right. And we see, you know, when you think about how somebody travels as a private club member or just really anybody, it doesn't matter if you're a club member or just a golfer, you're usually traveling and you're playing midweek golf. You're not looking for that Saturday morning tea time. Yeah. A big part of our thing that, you know, is an education aspect to it, you know, we're 200 clubs now, about 8,000 members. But, uh, when you look at it and you say, like, how do we, how do we show the 200 clubs that there was a value here? The idea is that your members can play when they're in, you know, Boca Raton, uh, in February, if you're a Massachusetts club. Right. And then meanwhile, your members can play in Chicago if they're a Florida club member, you know, in July. Right. And that kind of stuff makes sense because you're just saying, Hey, you know, man, it's, it's Tuesday mid morning. Everybody in the industry knows that these tea times are dead. And these are people that aren't going to ruin your golf course. They're not throwing beer cans around, stuff like that. They're people that are vetted, you know? Yeah. And they, they won't know, that, be, they so won't be kind of walking in in, in t-shirts and cut off denim jeans. You know, it's definitely for a specific customer. So it's not for every golfer. You know, I'm, I personally am not necessarily my own customer at the end of the day. I, I grew up in public golf. You know, we've surrounded ourselves with people that know all about this industry and learn from them. And one of the things that has been key about it is, to your point, what is the dress code policy? What's the cell phone policy, et cetera? We provide all of that when people go play golf. So that guy from Boston to, you know, Boca Raton, he's receiving all types of policies that say bring cash for caddies, 
Yeah. Uh, you know, here's where the guest entrance is. Here's where it asks for the golf pro, all that stuff. Right. You know? So it makes up the experience a lot, a lot smoother. That's right. And, sure. if, and if you're going to Boca Raton, don't make fun of old people. <laughs> Interesting stuff. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. What's, what's it cost? Yeah. So it's free. Um, so we partner with clubs directly. We oh, okay. will work with a club and they put out a, a membership announcement. The way that we make revenue is that we chart, you know, the unaccompanied rate is charged for the system. Mm-hmm. So it might be 125 to play at a club in West Palm Beach, for example. Right. Uh, we just take 20% of that, send the rest of it to the club. Huh. They get to keep the food and beverage, real estate sales, all that stuff, you know? Yeah. So we're, we're solving the payment issue too, where traditionally reciprocity has a bill back problem that doesn't always get completed basically. And yeah, so that, that's been a big appeal for a lot of the clubs that we work with is guaranteed payments as opposed to kind of who knows type of thing, you know? And that beats our technique too. When we play private clubs, it's always, can we get that membership number? It's always like, yeah, um, seven, that one never works. <laughs> It never works. <laughs> I know you keep trying that, but the <laughs> charge it to Mr. Havocamp, that doesn't work either. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's what we're, I mean, that's the big thing what we're doing is just making the whole process better for a member to just go have a good golf experience and a new experience. Like they're all, I mean, we hear the feedback all the time about, you know, my son's 16-year-old birthday. We had the best golf experience ever. He's looking to play in college. And it was just through us, you know, we didn't do much except for show them that they could play, go play this golf club. Right. But we built the system so that they could do that, you know, which is cool because then we see this feedback and that's exciting for us because it's tangible, you know, I mean, making money is great, but hearing customer feedback that they're having good golf experiences, that's what we're in the business to do, yeah. you know. And, and that's fine. And you never know, some guy from Massachusetts may eventually move to Boca Raton, you know, so you do want to, exp- exactly right. you do want to yeah. expose them to the clubs and other places. And the Carolinas and yeah. Texas and, you know, all those types of areas. Yeah. Plus it couldn't hurt. So if, you know, you're, you're running a club, cause I know Jeff, Jeff and I have shared this story. Most, most of the time, the, the, uh, the head pros and the general managers at private clubs are beating their head against the wall, trying to come up with some way to uh, generate more revenue that doesn't take off their existing membership. Exactly. Right. Right. And, and the fastest way to do that is to bring in people who, know how to blend in. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the last thing a private right. club wants is a guest of the day who sticks out like a sore thumb and has regular members going, who's that and what are they doing to my golf course? Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Couldn't agree with you more, Jeff. Yeah. Because, yeah. It gets there. I'm sorry. I've been, you know, been the head pro, been the general manager and dealt with the members and what they want. I, I completely get this. You know, you get somebody that, yeah. that blends in, that knows how to behave and knows how to really take care of the place, just like their members and how to, how to speak to people, then that's great. Mm-hmm. You know, I hate, you know, it's not like they're not looking for Tommy t-shirt with a Budweiser can at places like that. Yeah. They're just not. No Rodney Dangerfields at right. Bushwood. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, uh, part of the things that we talk about, you know, just kind of like a couple of things is you know, wandering around the parking lot or who's on the fourth tee type of thing. Yeah. I'm sure, right. Jeff, you, you've heard those types of statements, you know. That's where we say, you know, hey, this is, a, you know, Jeff, he belongs to ABC Golf Club. He has a scratch handicap. He works in, you know, golf radio. And so we have a profile for you that includes a picture that now the golf professional can say, you know, hey, Mr. Smith, this is actually Jeff. He's a great guy. You can go play his golf club in the future, you know, as opposed to, who's on the fourth tee, I don't really know, you know? And, and so the transparency of it 
definitely helps a lot of guys too. Yeah. Right. It's, it's always nice to be able to say to a member, yeah, that's, that's, um, that's John Ashton. He's a member at Oakmont Country Club. Uh, and he's down for the week and we have allowed him, uh, some access here. And that means that you'll have some access there as well. And all of a sudden they exactly. go, exactly. Huh? What? Yeah. <laughs> Next thing you know, they want to go meet the guy as opposed to go throw the guy out. Yeah. Cause, <laughs> cause this guy might get them on at Oakmont someday. You never can tell, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> or at least. And by them. belong to Oakmont, you're somebody that they want to network with basically, well, you know? That's true too. That's true too. It's yeah. good. It's good for for business. There's all it's these things. Good for everything, man. Do you oh. actually belong to Oakmont? You don't belong to Oakmont, do you? I'll never tell. No, no of course not. I, I, <laughs> I know a friend. I've got a friend who is. He's also he's a PGA member and a teacher like I am. Um, but he's been a a member for 34 years at Oakmont, and I've had the good fortune wow. of uh, of playing there twice in the last uh, last two years. And you Very know what cool. it didn't do? It didn't stink. That's what it didn't do. <laughs> <laughs> John, and that's one of the things that we focus on too. Is like we're we're all about getting those those experiences. You know, it's like people want this variety. They want they want bragging rights, right? Like that's a big part about golf. You know, you go with your buddies. You have a buddy trip, uh, and we see that a lot. Like people are going to. It's not necessarily Oakmont. Oakmont is not a, a partner of ours yet, but people go and play. You know, five golf clubs in Hilton Head and. We've set up the lodging. We can even do private jet travel, stuff like that, if that's what people want. And they come back with these crazy experiences that, like, it's a once-in-a-lifetime deal, you know. So for them, it's experiencing an ocean course or a desert course or, you know, talking about architecture, a P-Dye or a Fazio or, you know, depending on who you talk to, what's interesting to that member and, you know, just golfer in general. And we're providing that. And that's, that's kind of the biggest thing we see is when people go play that experience, they're sometimes shocked that they have the opportunity to do so, you know? Yeah. Uh, which is cool because it could be a tour event on TV yesterday and they go play the next week, you know, after, right. After the course restores itself. But yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I'm sure you have, uh, without getting any great details, you have bucket list courses galore, uh, on your site and it's openrounds.com, yeah. right? Openrounds.com. That's exactly right. Yeah, thanks. Uh, and we have, I think, seven top 100, uh, 19 states with best and state golf courses ranked by Golf Digest, uh, tons of tour event places. And, you know, members just giving us great feedback all the time about those experiences. So oh, fantastic. Well, it's been cool. It's really just about yeah. it's really just getting that variety out there, you know. It's free to join. So, you know, what do you got to lose? Check it out. Openrounds.com mm -hmm. if you uh, have a, a private club membership uh, where you are. Uh, and you want to be able to get reciprocal uh, rights other places, check it out, openrounds.com. John Wyeth, great idea, man. Wish you lots of luck, and thanks for spending some time with us here on Those Weekend Golf Guys. Yeah, really appreciate it, guys. Really appreciate the hosting, and thanks for taking the time, John and Jeff. Yeah, you great. got it, man. We got some more, so uh, just hang out. We'll be right back. Man, I just found an app for my iPhone that will actually keep track of my uh, golf shot distances. So eventually, <laughs> eventually, hopefully, anyhow, I will know exactly how far I hit each one of the clubs in my bag, which will give me a wealth of knowledge, a veritable plethora of knowledge on what to do in any situation I may face on the course. And if I don't know what those numbers are, then I really don't know the game I have or the game I need to play. Right. And it's the same in business. Once again, golf mirrors business. Exactly. If you don't know your numbers, you don't 
know your business. But there's problems growing businesses have that keeps them from knowing their numbers. It's a hodgepodge of business systems. You've got too many different things. You've got spreadsheets you've downloaded for bookkeeping. You've got HR platforms. You've got tax software that you've bought. And all of it, it takes too much time. It takes too many resources. And it hurts your bottom line. I want to introduce you to NetSuite by Oracle. It's a business management software that handles every aspect of your business. And it does it in an easy-to-use cloud platform, which gives you the visibility and the control that you need to grow. And right now, they've got a special deal for our listeners. It's great. They're offering you some valuable insights with a free guide. It's called Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits. Get it at netsuite.com slash weekend. That's netsuite.com slash weekend to download your free guide, Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits. netsuite.com slash weekend. You may want to go there and get it right now, because if you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business. Again, just like golf, so is business. So get that free download. It's available for our listeners for free again right now at netsuite.com slash weekend. All right, so what have we done today? We learned that if you are a member of a private club, that you've got reciprocal rights to play at many other private clubs, which kind of yeah. increases the um, the value of joining a club. It does, right? It yeah. gives you more for the more bang for the buck, right? It does, man. To, to be able to parlay your membership at a club into access to other clubs is a real value. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're increasing the value. We need to come yeah. up with another website, one for guys like me who has a wife that does not play golf, have no desire to play golf, thinks it's With you. almost a stupid game. If The Rock called and said, hey, you want to come play golf with me? She'd say, there are many things I would like to do with you, sir. Golf is not among them. <laughs> okay? <laughs> She'd leave me for him in a heartbeat. I know it. <laughs> you got a lot of money. Yeah. So anyhow. Um, Anyhow, he's younger. We need to come up with some some excuse that golfers like me can give to their wife about joining a private club, which she says, "You want to pay how much for what?" But honey, listen. Uh, you can go right now, Facebook.com/slash/GolfGuys, and fill out our little questionnaire on "Is it fun that brings you back to the golf course, or what is it?" Uh, ThoseWeekendGolfGuys.com is our website. You can always go there and hear every episode, every show we've ever done. Want to let you know that for the next two weeks, uh, you're going to have uh, best best ofs or the best that we can find of, because uh, I'm I'm going on vacation, so. You know that's such a pile of jar- garbage that you have a job that really looks and sounds like a vacation, mm-hmm. and then you get to go leave it and call it a vacation. Mm-hmm. I've got to tell you, mm-hmm. you know, you're just jealous. That's that's problem. <laughs> but I'll tell you what's going to happen though. Uh-huh. In your absence, I'm calling my teacher buddies, and we are going to have some killer conversations. In your absence, I'm going to bring in I'm going to bring in some of the world famous teachers, and we're going to have some fun. And it's not necessarily going to be at your expense, but we can kind of steer <laughs> it that direction. <laughs> but but if we happen to trash your name once or twice, eh, no big deal. Eh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's just a bonus. Okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> Part of the program, I got to tell you. Gotcha. 
All right, guys, listen, uh, just just go to Facebook.com slash golf guys. Tell us why it is you play golf, because we wants to know. And then we will get the uh, results to you uh, in about three weeks when we come right back live right here with those weekend golf guys. want you to do something right now. Pick up your clubs, whether you play for fun or you play for an addiction or play for money or whatever reason you play. Get the clubs, find a course, and go play some golf. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.